0: what is life? What is death? What am I doing here? Who am I without maybe? Hold on. Welcome to the Buddhist Biohacker, and my name is Lisa, and I am your host and your mystic guide, and man, I tell you what, the Schumann Resonance was at 37 yesterday, and it's even higher today, so I guess my little video intros are angry about that, so I won't worry about it, but welcome in, and I'm very happy to have all of you here today. We have another special guest with us today. Tim Walter is back with us, and Tim, welcome back.
1: Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. The time flies between these chats, I have to say. I can't believe it.
0: Yeah, it really is. It it was November, I think, but it's already March. If you can It's almost April.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. That's so crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, welcome to everybody who's joining in the live. You absolutely can ask questions and share comments. I apologize for the technical difficulties here, but You know, we just roll with it here on Buddhist Biohacker. Good morning, Karen. (laughs) Welcome to all our new YouTube members, also, and good morning, Lars. Okay, so we'll get all that spiel out of the way. So, Tim, I want you to remind everyone what you do and who you are, just so for the new people in our community.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm Tim Walter. I'm a house healer and an alternative life coach and when i say house healer to people they usually think oh okay you go around smudging with sage and all of that stuff that's that's well, whatever we all do that um and that's that's fine um because smudging with sage and that sort of stuff is a really good practice to do but what i do in terms of house healing is to sort of take it to another level take it to a slightly deeper level where we really pull apart the subtle energy of a person's house and the environment in which they live and what that really means is that we actually start to look at the subtle energy of the person themselves as well. And we start to really look at things and a circumstance for the person uh, to work on their healing for themselves, really, because that's what we're doing. We're, we're looking at us as being part of their whole perceptual existence. That sounds really pretentious. But, you know, once we really get into the bottom layer of the spirituality sort of aspect, look at it from that spiritual point of view, from the point of view of the management, as I like to call them, then really we start to dispel Newtonian physics, dispel this separateness, and really look at the unity of everything and look at the picture that is presented to that layer. And that's where we go when we're doing the house healing, if that makes any sense whatsoever.
0: Oh my gosh, it totally does. And you also have a fabulous YouTube channel, which is, it, it is at Night's Rose, your YouTube channel, that's correct, right? Yeah. At Night's Rose,
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yep. yeah. Love
0: it so much. What all do you have on there these days?
1: Uh sorry, I pick a button.
0: Well I'm just wondering what all what's some new stuff you've got on YouTube these well, days. We, I, the, you
1: <laughs> I thought that's what you were saying. I do I do <laughs> make a uh, I think I've got some of those technical glitches as well. Um <laughs> we were we were um uh, I I, t- I tend to talk a lot about dousing uh on the channel. Um, it's great. As lovely, we got up to six. I think today, actually, we just clicked into six thousand five hundred subscribers, which is which is fantastic. Um, I do talk a lot about dowsing because dowsing is uh, one of the techniques that we use when we're doing the house healing, and it's a brilliant way for people that are new to the idea of spirituality and to accessing subtle energies. To actually start to open that door up and, and get in there and find out for themselves. So it's a lot of people call it spiritual dowsing. Uh, main, you know, because we really are focusing on the higher self and really trying to access in a in a in a very deep meditative state um information from from upstairs in order to help somebody else but on the channel we talk about dowsing in its many forms so i mean half the time i end up talking about looking for lost objects and things like that which actually bizarrely enough i'm not personally very good at but um you know because dowsing goes into all sorts of different sections and subsections people use it for finding lost things people use it for spiritual dowsing like i do people use it for dowsing for water which of course is what most people that aren't into the spiritual side of things know it from and of course a lot of people just say it's complete nonsense but we ignore all those and we just go with people that are interested in finding out what dowsing is all about so yeah we do you
0: you and i share a similarity in that i also am not very good at finding lost objects as a psychic and a remote viewer i usually am like oh go to somebody else because i'm not very good at that either it's a weird thing it's hard to find objects i think
1: I think a lot of it also is, um, is that, well, I mean, it's not a helpful notion or a part of a character if, if one is uh, subject to stress when you're uh, looking for things. So if you're doing dowsing um, and you think, oh God, I've got a responsibility to find this person's car keys, then actually immediately what that does is put a blockage in, in your connection to upstairs. So the chances of finding it anyway are reduced. Um, there was a time when I was uh, doing a little bit of mediumship work myself, um, you know, sort of publicly, as it were. Not not stand up on stage and do it, but one to one work. And and really, I'm not a natural medium. You know, I, I absolutely am not, because again, it's the pressure of performance. It's like, well, I I know this person's expecting information to come through from the higher realms, and it's like, yep, uh, I've got something for you, but I'm not quite sure what it is. So. Um, I, 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 you know, that pressure that one can put on oneself is not a helpful thing. Um, And we all do it, of course, as part of being human, but I think that there's a a value in knowing oneself and understanding oneself as a human being uh, that actually helps you massively in in understanding your own connection to upstairs as well. And that's really what, um, when I'm working one-to-one with people, that's really what I'm helping them see is to understand themselves as a human being and, and understand how they then connect to the subtle realms, to the management upstairs and to work with it like that. So there's a, you know, there's a very, uh, it, it's hugely important to connect to the heart um, in in all its aspects. And the the old way of looking at spirituality that was to sort of shun the ego and to say all these things human, all these things that the human being needs to, Uh, you know wants to experience these are all bad he was put these aside and just be sit in meditation connect to the universe the holy ones for your 24 hours a day that really doesn't cut it anymore at the moment because actually you know that's great if you want to do that and become a hermit and sit on a mountainside and do that and and look for that enlightenment and that moment of bliss that's great but actually in the 20th 21st century where we are now, the importance is actually for us to reconnect to our hearts more than anything and then find our spirituality through that process, Mm. so there is a lot to be said for working on the human aspect and accepting the ego, putting it to one side and then working on the spiritual aspect but it's always in conjunction and connection as far as I'm concerned with the human aspect because that's what we are, we're human beings and we're here for a reason, so um, and that really, if I may, just waffle on for a little bit here. No, do uh, it. That really sort of links us into this this title that we've got on the thumbnail, which is "Healing with Choices We Don't Know We Have," because the, being a human being, we're so complex, and and partly we make things really difficult for ourselves. But this idea of healing with choices that we don't know we have it came to me when i was actually doing one of joe dispenser's meditations now i i love joe dispenser um because i mean i don't do a lot there's just one specific meditation that i've been following on and off for some time and as i was going through this quite intensive process i don't know whether you've done many of them lisa but they he, he runs one sort of hour and a quarter or seven so. for me that's a, that's a long meditation mm-hmm. i'm used to 20 minutes and just getting on with it and, you know cracking in but i was doing this meditation and reflecting on self and reflecting on the way that reality is etc and this thought occurred to me that ah oh, i can change i can change that aspect of me i can change that and it was an aspect i won't go into exactly what it was but it was an aspect of me that i had never even considered could be changeable and I thought this is this is something at I didn't know it. It never occurred to me. Let me give you a slightly slightly off-kilter example, but this is like one of the best examples I can think of that's logical and not too kind of deeply personal. Um, and that is that when I was a kid, and obviously we know that most of our programming uh, comes from when we're children and the way that we get conditioned into circumstances that we then believe are. That's the way it is, unchangeable, right? So when I was a kid, I remember my mother once telling me, accusingly, you're lazy. You're lazy. Why are you so lazy? You know? And for me, I mean, saying it now, it doesn't feel like a big deal at all, but at the time, it was like crushing. My mother is saying, I can't be asked to do anything. And thinking about this as an adult, and thinking about how much I work and my work ethic and the, the, over the years that I've spent uh, working hard, when I was in the film TV business and conference business, you work ridiculous hours, you'll know born about that as well, ridiculous hours. And I thought, do you know what? That work ethic, that that attitude that I have to work so hard comes from that one comment of you're lazy, you are, you're lazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and all the guilt associated with that and all the why's and all that feeling of rejection. Right. I'm not, I'm not playing the old violin to get the heartstrings going. It's just an example of it never occurred to me that actually this idea of working so hard, of, of having to make work as a difficult thing, like beating myself up with it. How could that possibly change? Well, of course it can change. Of course it can change. There are so many ways that work can be such fun and pleasure and uh, heart, you know, enlivening and not, you know, and we don't see these things. And it's the um, it's, it's this, um, you know, these moments where suddenly we reveal a part of ourselves that we just didn't realize could be changed or actually reveal something about the circumstance in which we lived could be changed. Why? Why could that? That doesn't have to be like that. You know, there's yeah. huge power in these moments of revelation and understanding. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as as Magdalena's saying there. Yeah, I love Joe Dispenza and his meditations. Yeah, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, good stuff. It's good, common sense grounded stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's a good, you know, the the example for me that comes to mind with this is you know, even this last year with the the pandemic or the global event or whatever you want to call it is, you know, I started doing this show and I didn't really ever think about doing something on YouTube that wasn't like something in my mind, but because of the dynamic of not being able to go anywhere, this was the way to start teaching and sharing and bringing healers like us together. And it makes me think of just what you're saying is, is there was a situation that I wasn't expecting and it created something I hadn't even thought of. That's actually something I love very much. And will do the rest of my life. And it's like, I told my husband the other day, I was like, why didn't I think of doing this like a decade ago? Like, I just never thought about doing it. And it was like, oh, well, I have no way to like work with people in person. So there was no going out on a stage or going to a, a yeah. bookstore and teaching or anything like that. And so it it, it it was a profound shift for me. And that's something that I think of with this too, is you have those moments, like you said, where it's this profound change out of something you weren't even realizing it's like a an awakening moment isn't it yeah
1: it is like an awakening moment actually because usually these things are not um you know they're not like massive uh um what would i say they're not like really really big things they're just like tiny little revelations that are like yeah you know, dropped into your life It dropped into your awareness you goes have one of those see what difference that makes and it's like oh yeah that's that's like why hadn't i realized why hadn't i thought why haven't i seen life like that before and that's really what awakening is like the spiritual awakening is like why hadn't i seen this before you know when 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 um for those that uh, aren't familiar. Um with with my work and my background, M- my world changed completely by moving into a particular house. Um, it was an 150 years old house. It wasn't overly old, you know, for the UK, there's a lot older buildings than that. but it was a house that was um, filled with a lot of character. Um, and it it was uh, it was soon after moving into there that we we were approached by the ghost of a deceased person that was living in that house. And I had never been somebody that actually really considered seriously the idea that ghosts or spirits would continue to live after the physical body had died. I just wasn't in that space. And obviously being approached by this uh, lady that we ended up calling Jane, in fact, we didn't end up calling her. That was her name. That's what she was called when she was alive. Um, We lived with her for 10 years or so. but the point being is that when that revelation, you know, when that energy comes into one's awareness, and you think, "Oh, life isn't what I thought," you know, and it just happens like that, you know, it's like it's like two seconds of, "Yeah, we're just changing that for you," and then your whole life goes, "Oh, okay, we're going, we're going in a completely different direction now," and you know, that's those moments of awakening. You, you actually hope that they are gentle and soft like that because what's happening a lot now and i don't know whether you're seeing this a lot but i'm seeing a lot of people that are um okay so jennifer's there awakening's not like burning bushes for me but burning branches so uh yeah so very uh, probably in your face uh because a lot of people are waking up now and getting quite a lot of what we might call spiritual shock by seeing that the world is not what it had seemed up to that point. Mm-hmm. And the, the danger with that spiritual shock is that you can skirt very close to psychosis, where the brain just simply is not allowing you to assimilate the new information um, deeply enough. You're not actually bringing it into the body and grounding it and embodying the new format. It's just like, whoa, well, you're all out here. And life is so amazing and weird and wonderful, and suddenly all these connectivity things are happening and synchronicity is happening all the time. So literally you're going through a process where your mind's being blown because it is amazing. And that's not a good, that's not a good awakening experience, you know, and that and if you if you're not in a fellowship or a group, fellowship's a strange word, but if you're not in a group of people that can support you and understand what you're going through from a spiritual point of view, then you'll troll off to the local medical practitioner and be ascribed all sorts of pharmaceuticals to help calm you down now it may well be that perhaps somebody is suffering from bipolar or uh, you know and therefore experiencing a little psychosis but quite often those those experiences do actually stem from a spiritual awakening which is again you know this is a healing process and this is what the world's going through right now and that's just partly what covid is shoving up into people's faces
0: yeah, absolutely. There's a book called Taming the Wild Pendulum. Have you read that yeah, book? Yeah,
1: read that one. Yep, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: And so that's one that comes to mind when you talk about that. And yeah, there's, I think Osho too, as controversial as he is, I still love him, but Osho spoke a lot in his books, you know, about the schizophrenia that occurs when you wake up and you suddenly feel like you're living this split reality because there's this whole other world that's opened up for you. And then there's this very mundane world you have to exist within. And it's really important. You know, you brought this up at the beginning of the show and you're bringing it up now. And I think it's really important, which is not, not denying the human experience and really being in our bodies. It's something that I think is so important and you're bringing it up too. And I'm wondering like, What are some of the grounding practices that you have or that you share or teach? Because it is, got to be grounded, especially if you're going through a, a wide awakening right now and everything is changing and shifting because we're all part of this together right now. And I think, how do you ground that into your body, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, do you know what? It's 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 one of those things where I, I'm saying to a lot of people, you got to get out and ground yourself. You've got to do it. You've got to just get in the body and ground. How, and then, you know, how do you do it? Well, it, it's kind of easier said than done. It's not like a really, for me, it's not like a really um, convoluted or, or a confusing experience. You just literally have one of the ways so many different ways but one of the ways is to literally just become really really aware of your body which means just sit, even sitting on a chair like this you know I, mean, I spend far too long sitting in this office but you know just to become you know um, just to become present and to feel feel the weight of your body to feel yourself feel your spine even in the in the back of the you know leaning against the back of the chair and feel the weight of your arms and feel the blood within your body so really bring your focus into the body probably feel your heart also with that beating or, or however it's feeling but so that is one way of doing it just literally of just taking a break from the screens because your attention goes out there anyway and just come back really into the body and sit don't go into a meditation as such but just be incredibly mindful of everything and the way that the air feels on your skin for example the other way, which is my dear old mentor, uh, I was mentored by Hamish Miller. If you Google Hamish Miller, you'll come across uh, a, a dowser and a blacksmith and a really big bearded guy that looks like Father Christmas. Fantastic, lovely, lovely man. Um, and he always used to say, go and dig the garden. You know, if, you, mm-hmm. if, if somebody's feeling ungrounded, just get out there and do something physical. Connect to the earth. If you've got a vegetable plot, go and dig it, you know connecting to the earth is incredibly important part of grounding the other thing is to simply walk do, do go out. i mean it's difficult with covid now if you're not out in the country environment if you're in an urban environment you can't just step out and walk the streets but if you when you can get out and walk and just be really mindful as you walk and feel the rhythm of your body in that way don't get lost in thoughts that are going to come up and take you off focus and empty the mind and concentrate on the body. Those really are the three main ways. So you're either concentrating on your body in a sedentary process or you're getting out there and doing some exercise, dig the garden and connecting to the earth, get your hands in there or you're walking and and really connecting to the body. But both of those or in fact really all three of those are really a mindful practice so that you bring your mind back in to the three dimensional place of here and now, not In the subtle realms which is where it's likely to be if you're going through a spiritual awakening
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it reminds me of that buddhist proverb that says when you're working on becoming enlightened sweep the floor and when you become enlightened sweep the floor it's like you know be in the body and and it's funny because that is a way i keep i stay grounded is i clean like i'll go and i'll i'll really pick something like okay, I'm going to go really detail clean my bathroom or my kitchen or something where it requires me to clean hands. And especially, you know, weeks, do you find like weeks when you're doing a lot of intense spiritual work, like it's it by the end of the week, you're really feeling like you just need to be in your body and, and move uh,
1: it, it varies, it varies massively. But yes, I mean, sometimes I can just have one session with a client. Uh, if it's a particularly heavy session that we're Pulling through some, you know, really intense stuff. Then, um, if I'm if I haven't been, if I've been a bit lazy with my energy work going into that session, and it's taken me a little bit by surprise, then I'll have to step out and go for a walk after I've been with that client, just to just to come back and just to focus my energy back in back in here. Um, I think I, one of the things that I realised uh, fairly recently, actually, was doing doing what you say with sort of cleaning and, and we're doing a lot of decorating in the house, uh, still ongoing, will be for years, but uh, so I do a lot of painting of the walls and things. And I used to think that I was doing it in quite a mindful way. And I realized fairly recently, it's like, nope, I was not. What I was doing was painting merrily, but my mind was all over the place. And so again, you know, starting to actually paint in a mindful way and really bring the mind in and be aware of that movement. Like I said, brush the floor, sweep the floor, but do it in a mindful way, in that zen type way. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I sorry, there was something else I was going to pick up on, but I, I couldn't remember what it was so I No, that's I missed okay.
0: it. Well, I want to invite, I want to talk to you about going back into the heart center because you brought that up at the beginning also. But before I do, just everybody who's in the live chat, I'd really love to hear if you want to share a moment of awakening that you had, if you want to share that with Tim and I, I think we'd love to hear it. If there's something that's come up for you where you... You experienced a healing or an awakening in a way that you didn't know or didn't realize something opened up for you. Share with us because we would love that. And Tim, you were talking about how important it is to get in the heart center. And I read something last year that a lot of the animals have been leaving the planet. You know, there's definitely an an exodus. Yeah. And, And that a big part of it is that the animal kingdom has been holding the heart chakra or the heart space for the planet and that they're handing it over to us like it's time for us to step into that space ourselves i was wondering what you thought of that or if you had anything-
1: it's an interesting concept um i had would not really thought about it that way uh we we certainly are um separated from nature i mean lars there is talking about walking and, and connecting to nature and uh that's really what you're doing when you're feeling th- that presence of nature you are connecting with your heart center Uh, as a species we've we've completely you know we uh, generalizations seven and a half billion souls on the planet Uh, broadly speaking i think we can say that basically we're a species that's disconnected so um, this is the whole point of what's happening now and why so many people are undergoing this you know waking up is because part of waking up means that you do connect to your heart center and if we connect to our heart center then it's a very very small step to actually recognizing and connecting to nature to the natural world because our spirit that we allow through and and allow to grow within us in a very short time when you open up recognizes that that is part of us
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so this this whole backdrop to our lives at the moment is about waking up accepting that this is part of us accepting the interconnectedness of all things and embracing again all that is in nature and healing nature by healing ourselves which is fundamentally by connecting to our heart center because it's a uh, it's what one would describe as a entangled hierarchy um i'm doing some work with uh, i'm not doing some work i'm following a course that's being run by a, a quantum physicist called amit Goswami. um he's uh, amit Goswami was in featured in what the bleep and he's written about nine books or so one of which was called the self-aware universe which was a book about quantum physics but from a spiritual point of view as well so connecting spirituality with quantum physics now this guy, is a you know, he's been a quantum physicist, legitimate scientist for 30 odd years. Um, but he was also following spiritual practice and he could see how the two combined. Now, when I read that book in, in 2005, I think it was one of the few books that well, the only book on quantum physics that actually moved me to tears because it's wow. so beautiful and what it's about is understanding that this is so interconnected to absolutely everything that we experience and that's exactly what Amit Goswami talks about so I would hardly recommend anybody that's got a slight interest in the scientific side of life to actually google Amit Goswami g-o-s-w-a-m-i and dig out some of his work because uh, in fact he's also coming on my youtube channel uh 30th of march I'm doing an interview with him and it'll be online fairly soon oh wow So yeah so I'm really looking forward to that because I do love this balance between what science can teach us and, and what we can experience subjectively in that spiritual realm. So it's gonna be really interesting talking to him.
0: hmm Yeah, that sounds interesting. And I wrote that book down, The Self-Aware Universe. I have not yeah. read that book and I'm definitely a physics nerd for sure. I loved <laughs> the, the very first book that I read was The Tao of Physics. And oh, yes. I yeah, yes. loved that book because it was so, you know, I've read cards since I was a teenager. I was 16, I think, when I got my first deck of cards. And um, there's so much in the tarot that links to things like physics and the Tao of physics and the symbolism, and there's just so much in there. So I'm so glad you brought this up, and I'll be tuning into your interview because that sounds really fabulous. Um yeah, it won't be a live
1: one. Uh, I I I I chickened out of doing a live interview, so I'm going to have a uh, uh, I'll do a pre-record and it'll go up soon, early April. Uh, oh, so yeah, I
0: love, I love it. Well, then you don't run the risk of be as crazy technical thing. Every once in a while, I have some technical things, and it's like, oh well, I guess <laughs> I don't have to be perfect, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think about the high heart versus the heart chakra? Because I've been sort of obsessed with this high heart chakra, like this thymus gland. Oh, uh, is this one between
1: between the between these two? Yeah, oh, okay.
0: there's like this energy here, and I've just become obsessed with it this past year. I'm just curious if you've looked at that or what you think about that
1: well this is going to be a very short answer uh, because, <laughs> because unlike you um i haven't been obsessed by it it was mentioned a couple of times and then it then it completely faded away from my awareness so uh yeah i haven't really got a, a view on that um i think it's interesting that oh okay so it's not going to be quite so short uh, i think it's interesting that um you know a lot of the chakras are developing and the awareness is what you would expect you know it's that evolutionary process as we become more aware then we literally become more aware you know we have hundreds of chakras not to, as you know not just these these basic ones that we work with most of the time um but yeah i mean they're all were work, working in in unison and doing their thing um but you know again it comes back to the fact that as more and more people wake up and, and go through a spiritual awakening. It's sometimes not these higher chakras that actually need the work. It's it's the base chakra, the sexual chakra, which again is all about the human aspect. You know, a lot of people that are very unwell have got issues with those lower chakras, not the high ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, but you know, I, yeah, I, there's a whole, we, yeah. One of the things that the the global situation has done is to highlight the massive amount of fear. and I think we talked about this last time actually, that that's really what the what the process was doing was raising fear to the to the forefront. And we talk a lot about fear on my channel because it connects to death and and, and illness, obviously. Um, and you know, I think one. I think the single biggest thing that understanding life from a different point of view, so understanding life from a spiritual point of view, has done for me is to recognise that the true implication of the fact that you just you just never you never there is no such word as die. You never die. You undergo a different set of circumstances. I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever no doubt not a single atom of my soul anymore doubts that an existence continues after the body disappears after the body dies now how that works i don't know at all but again one of the interesting things is that uh Swami, we mentioned earlier on talks about the role of memory in the human side of things but equally he say he suggests that the, the role of memory the energy of memory has an energy and a life of its own and that may be what is the you know, the thing that the soul takes with it, that that you can have a, an aspect of a person's personality speaking to you from spirit, because fundamentally it is a memory with an existence of its own. Okay, uh, I don't think that that's necessarily the full picture, because otherwise you're going to continue, you're going to come back as yourself again, and that's clearly not what happens, but the idea that one is reincarnated after, you know, a, a process that happens in the, in the subtle realms in the afterlife whether it be a um you know an artificially created uh whatever the word is i can never remember um you know matrix type environment we're in or not or whether it's a natural environment doesn't matter the fact is that covid has brought us close to face with to the idea of death and actually there is no death there is no fear to be held in that you know fear is is just a, a fiction I mean, it's not no fear is not a fiction. We create so much fear unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. it's It's a fear. it's a very real thing and and people a lot of people have a lot of fear in their lives, but that is partly you know and justly so, uh, fear of physical violence from somebody else, for example, that must be the worst thing possible if you're living in a you know a domestic abuse situation. can't imagine anything worse. that's hell on earth, for example. So what I'm saying is that the global, situation has led to a lot of people re-examining their lives from different perspectives um, and fear being one of those so but that hasn't got anything to do with that particular chakra that you started off asking me about
0: (laughs) yeah but i love where you're going with this because you know here's the thing is there's some weird stuff going on with with death and with you know, with what you're saying, I'm not even quite sure how to go there. Except, um, let me think how I want to say this. So, okay. I'm I'm a medium, right? So, I've yeah. I've been connected with, you know, beings that are yeah. on the other side. Which, again, yeah. I don't even believe that that that's a real. I don't even know how to articulate it anymore. Um, but, um, you know, I've been experiencing the energy of. The, of people who have left their bodies differently in the last okay. few months. And it's actually part of why I'm taking time off was to sort out what is right. going on here. And so I'm actually grateful you brought it up because I'd love to just share like, share and talk with you and have okay. you share your thoughts because you've just talked about your home, right? And your home had this woman who's part of it. Yes. And yes. part of what I'm seeing with these transitions of, of leaving the body you're leaving the body, but it's very much this dreamlike state, right? You're going into this dreamlike experience. And part of what I'm seeing is, is that you're, you're remembering, oh, this is the home I grew up in, or this is the home Mm -hmm. that I lived in, in that dreamlike state, but you're actually physically there, but you don't recognize that in your in your experience which again who knows i mean this is so hard cuz we're not there right but in your experience in the moment out of your body just like you would if you were dreaming you yeah. are thinking i'm dreaming and i'm Dreaming of my childhood home, but you've actually in fact left your body. You're no longer going to go back to that body You're not going to wake up Mm. in that body. And so they're walking around and moving around in their home Mm -hmm. But we're now you now live in the home and you're like What are these beings? So, Mm. you know, what is your experience with house healings and working with these spirits because
1: well there there are several several things to that because because one of the things is that um, what you've just described sounds like a consistent uh um impression of what it's like to leave your body and to, to pass away um uh, and and has always been like that as far as i'm aware because where, in the conversations i used to have with jane with the spirit in the ha- in our old house uh, she didn't get into describing the way that she perceives life from her point of view um, but what she did say was, but what, I mean, she didn't get into it because she she couldn't she couldn't communicate how it was different to the way that we see it in the physical
0: mm-hmm. sense.
1: So, but what she did say was, you know, on several occasions she would say things like, you know, if I was saying, oh, this is sounding very confusing, Jane, I don't really get what you're saying. And she would say things like, well, you should see it from where I am. So, you know, what the impression that I was getting all the time was that space-time doesn't exist in the same way as it does for us, right? We know that. That's basically obvious. But when we say that um, when we pass away that uh, the it's like a dream, a dreamlike state, well, that's not necessarily an accurate depiction. What it is more akin to is simply that process, which is, I guess, like dreamlike, but the... What happens is that manifesting occurs like that all the time. so there is no there is no extension of the time. the moment doesn't exist as a mo moment. you know if I say now and now we've we've experienced a second. but for them it's like it all happens, but there's a perception of things not in linear time the space Mm -hmm. time is different now with jane because she's communicating to me it wasn't like i was getting downloads from her it's not like downloads from spirit in that sense as a medium you'll understand what i mean by that you get Mm -hmm. a download and then you have to kind of allow it to expand and you and you get the message with jane it was literally a conversation i was using rod dowsing rods and literally having a conversation as though she was standing right there in front of me so for her to be in the for her to be that close to linear time meant that she was really pushing the boundaries of what she could do as a, as a spirit spiritual entity because part of her role was as a guardian of the earth energy lines in the space, in the house. So she wasn't like, you know, dear old uncle Fred that passed away last week or something that just was a, a random, shall we say, a random soul uh, that popped back um, because that's where he used to live. She was more like, I'm here for a purpose and this is what I do. I manipulate these energy lines. I help the souls of the departed move along these energy lines because they were like freeways. In any space, in any house, even a cleared house, a house that has been cleared of detrimental aspects that are adversely affected. So a detrimental spirits that are adversely affecting the owner, the person that's living there in the 3D. In any house, so in this house, in this space, there will be spirits passing through all the time, constantly, constantly, because this space has the ability to manifest with infinite possibility. It's us that restricts what actually manifests from it. Right? It's our process Mm -hmm. that restricts what actually appears with us here here and now, through so many different reasons. There's a really good book uh, by Bruce Lipton and Philip.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, um, I, can't, um, I can't remember his name. Um, and that, in that book, so it was the one that followed biology of belief, I think, or one of those down there. In that book, they talked about the basal paradigm, which is the paradigm that keeps our reality in the way that it, we all experience it together. Because it's about collective belief. And it's collective belief that means that we see the world in more or less the same way. But actually, we don't see the world in more or less the same way. And part of the ability of mediums and highly sensitive people is to access potential from this space in the way that they want to. So if they want to communicate with the spirit, then they can talk to a spirit. It will come through from that potential, from that ether, that is the quantum field of possibility, infinite possibility. And this field that we live in is completely infinite. It is completely infinite possibility. We restrict what appears and what stays here. So, so w- when we talk about spirits being in a house, when I, w- I, I, I teach people house healing now. And when we get onto this section about ghosts and spirits and trapped souls, ghosts themselves are very easy to identify and to, to work with. Very easy. Because ghosts are really about a process that has created a, almost like a recording in a space. It's almost like a, the old cassette tapes you know you put a, it's just a, uh, a magnetic um, signal and the space will hold a signal of an emotional occurrence uh, so you might get uh, say 11 o'clock at night or midnight let's say midnight it's corny but let's say midnight strike at midnight you hear steps coming down steps coming down the stairs door banging uh, and that's it nothing else but every night it happens every night so uh, the way to dissipate that, to upset that recording, because that's a recording in the space, is to simply wait until midnight and actually ask the question of the space: "May I help you?" And I can guarantee that if if it's a, a ghost haunting, then it'll stop after that because you've, as the interrogator, as the observer, you've interrupted that flow. Now, we, when we look at when we look at spirits, I'm sorry to go on, but I when love we. It. When we look at spirits in a house and we're looking for detrimental ones, we're looking for aspects of the energy that are not agreeing with the owner in the house. So there's something about the energy of a a spirit that's passing through that place or is resident in the place that is disagreeing with the energy of the human being. doesn't mean to say it's having a verbal conversation. It just means there's something about it that the subconscious of the individual is picking up on and is wearing it. It's, it's, It's taxing the human energy field. It's draining. We can find, we can find a dozen s- souls, spirits in a house without any problem at all, you know, as a house healer. Um, it's not uncommon. And, and really, every space, I would say, every space that I've interrogated over the last seven years, interrogated, I mean, examined with dowsing, has had some kind of spiritual activity within it. <coughs> um, now, so you might get a dozen that are detrimental, and you just ask, you just help them to move on in that human sense of the expression, you're helping them move on. But if you ask for the beneficial spirits that were present, you might get 100, you might get 200, because that's the nature of this ether, the nature of what we live in. They're there doing their thing on a slightly different vibration, everyone on a slightly different vibration, in the same way as we act as observers, looking at our observed reality, and my observed reality is at a slightly different frequency to your observed reality. But they're close enough that we all agree with what reality looks like. Mm-hmm. I think you started I've, I've gone wandering on there, but I think you started off by asking me about spirits and souls trapped in houses. And um, what I'm really saying is that there's nothing fundamentally different about, as far as I'm aware, about people that are passing away now than, than, than there has been over the years. I did hear something, and there was quite a big fear-based um, uh, um, message or or communication or thing that was flying around the internet. Uh, that was actually being purported by some quite reasonable, logical thinking and sane people about the fact that the I won't use the word because we're live on YouTube, and YouTube will get upset when I start using the V word. Yeah, but um uh the, there was this this idea that the the if you went and had the the that that it was going to affect your soul no i'm sorry but that's that's just completely illogical it, it truly and honestly is completely illogical and but what it reflects is the the amount of fear that has and still is present within us as a species and this is our particular Catalyst that will pull out the fear. And I hate to say it, but dear God, we love fear. Mm-hmm. We human beings actually love to be terrified. Mm-hmm. And if we haven't got that kind of stress and fear in our lives, we think something's wrong. And so a lot of people will pick up on anything that seems to be fearful or scary and just push it around. Partly because they might not be particularly affected by that amount of fear. But if you hit somebody with that message that is a highly sensitive person and is already up, up to their maximum ability to cope with the amount of stress they've got in their lives, and you just add in another layer of fear on top, then that person can really suffer. And that just isn't fair. That just isn't fair. And that's where the real, um, the real crime is going on with this current global situation is actually the amount of fear that we're... Half time unintentionally peddling amongst us. Mm-hmm. Sorry, really off topic of your spirits Oh and
0: my gosh! No, I love all of it, and and I agree with you. I mean, I think the fear and the consistent push to generate fear. You know these hooks. It's like these tentacles yeah. that are out there trying yeah. to generate fear in all communities, from mainstream communities to spiritual communities. To it doesn't really matter the genre. There's this this drive to continue to generate fear during this time and it's really coming out of that fear that you know and it, yeah
1: it, exactly it is and the coming out of the fear I'm sorry to interrupt you cuz I, no, I, I I wanted to say this because actually it connects to the, to the rather nicely to the to the title of the talk healing with choices we don't know we have this is the big choice that we have got because this this comes right back to good old Bruce Lipton's teachings, and Joe Dispenza, and all of that, but the reality of the simple fact of the power that we have to change our experience of life by the choices that we make. And if we choose to buy into the fear, whatever fear it is, let's not even talk about the the C word and the V word. You know, let's let's talk about some other fear, and then we accept that there are circumstances where people are really caught in fear. And we can't help them necessarily. But they still have choices, even though they are really fearful choices to make if they're in a a domestic violence situation. Not quite sure why I keep talking about domestic violence today, but there you go. You know, there are choices that that person can make to get away from that, even though it's difficult. But for the rest of us that aren't in those life-threatening situations, these are the choices that we don't know that we have because we just work on, on habit, on... Uh, on autopilot. We just make the same old choices all the time. But actually it's those same old choices all the time that are the really important ones that we need to be addressing and changing. Because most of those, no, that's not fair. A lot of those decisions that we make on autopilot are we will find if we look at them are actually based on fear of some kind.
0: And totally agree. And not- I, you know, I'm having an awareness too, just with what you're saying, because you had said something about um, you know when, when something's happening at a certain time, like you use midnight and you were saying, you know, you ask the spirit, what you can do to help them. And yeah. it makes me think it's the same thing with our, our autopilot choices and decisions every day is if we can stop in that autopilot moment and become aware and ask ourselves, what choice do we want to make? That's the realization, like that's the awakening. And that's yeah. the moment that you can change your whole life.
1: It is. It is absolutely. And it's not a big, you know, this is this is said all the time by, 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 by millions of people all, all over the place. Anybody teaching spirituality says this. You have to be aware of your own choices. Um, but it's spotting the choices that you've got. That's the real tricky part. You know, it's just dropping out of the human perspective and looking at it from the spiritual perspective, looking at what you're doing. What are you doing, Tim? What are you doing? Why are you choosing that? You know, same thing. It doesn't have to be a big heavy process. It's you know, I've got a thing up here that says live well, laugh often. And really, you know, laughter is the key to to overcoming fear. Just to step into the perspective that shows you how absurd your own choices are for your welfare. You know. Because half the time they are absurd.
0: It's so true. And um, thank you, Hope, for sharing. So, Hope was just saying that he's a teacher that she knows her parents would be more receptive to talking about a meet, I think. And, um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> good. Yeah. I, I'm going to get that book for sure. I, I, haven't heard of him. I, I follow Nassim Harriman. So oh yes, 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 that's one of my favorites. So I'm yeah. going to add a Amit to my list as well. But yeah, you know, it's interesting. I wonder too, like you talk about energy lines, it makes me think of my own home. Like as a medium, I, I have a lot of activity here. Right. And I, I tend to joke that there's like a highway of spirits. Yeah. up house, because they know that that's the work I do, and they like to show up and have conversations. Do you see that with people who do this kind of work like in their homes? Do they have, do they, Uh, A, have a lot of spirits in their homes because they've created this energy vortex? Do they, B, find homes that have the energy vortex? Have you seen that at all? I'm just wondering.
1: (laughs) (laughs) well the short answer is yes <laughs> yeah, yeah we see that it's it's um uh, i've got a i've got um one of my early students um i started doing some mentoring work with her a few years ago um and she was a classic she's, she's incredibly intuitive incredibly sensitive has been all her life um uh she was She actually came to me because she was um, troubled by so many spirits wanting to pass over and to speak to her and she just couldn't get any peace. It's like just passing people through all the time and the more she would help move on, the more would come to her. So we set up a waiting room. So you might like to try this, Lisa. You just ask all of them all to go. You just go and wait in the waiting room and I'll deal with you at 9 o'clock in the morning. So part of your maybe daily practice, you just open up the door to the waiting room. OK, just move, move, just help them all pass on and then just, OK, that's fine, all done. And then, and then close the door again. Uh, just make sure the waiting room that you create is outside your house so that they don't continually bother you inside the house. But they will normally wait very patiently in the waiting room if you provide a waiting room for them to wait in. Not necessarily about stopping them coming through. Because if you try to stop your own natural ability and your actual natural intuitive self, You're actually just building a blockage that's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like putting a dam in front of a big flowing river. And that's not going to do you any good at all. So you just want to work out a way with upstairs that you can manage it. And usually it's about just, okay, wait there, you know, and we'll deal with you soon. So, and then then with house healing, we sometimes come a lot across some darker energies, independent energies. Uh, not collective energies, but independent ones, and sometimes those can hang around a little bit. Um, but again, they can be dealt with and, you know, moved away, moved on. So ordinarily we don't find... Well, I mean, part of the house healing training is to actually learn to deal with that sort of energy and to understand why it's happening and what, it, what you do about it. Um, so we do, as I said right at the start, we do delve into the subtle realms quite, quite deeply um and it's it's all very logical and sensible but at the same time it's completely illogical and not sensible so you know you have to take your pick
0: <laughs> well i like the waiting room idea i i asked them to to wait but i haven't made a room for them so maybe i should do that so that they have yeah. because yeah. they tend to roam around a little bit in my yeah. house and, and it's like okay well what are you guys doing i'm i'm used to it um i think if if it bugs the kids more than anything you know if they see or feel things because my husband doesn't necessarily notice but i do i'll be like oh there's a man just wandering around my living room i need to figure out why he's wandering around so i like that idea Oh, Tim, uh, you know, an hour flies by so fast in here, and I want to make sure you have some space here at the end to share how folks can connect with you and if they want to go through your house healing training or any of those things. So if you want to take some time to just share what you're up to and how they can find you.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the YouTube channel is the best one to, to start with, really. It's the it's the most informed you know, there's a load of load of stuff on there we've got nearly 200 videos on there now i think uh over the years that's grown up so the youtube channel is 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 the best one to to make the start there's the website um the big thing that i am working on is the is the house healer training and if anybody really after especially after what we've talked about i probably put everybody off it's like not going near that uh, but actually you no know, the, the house healer training is really interesting and my it's my goal to to um to help as many people learn this process and learn to live with it and to therefore and then build their own uh, businesses really um, in the house either as as therapists as a way of helping others um, so that we really get the word out there about the fact that we're connected to our environment. It's as simple as that. Um, I use the word business in terms of business and therapy because it wants to be sustainable and the only way that i can see that a lifestyle of helping people can be sustainable is to actually make it a financial basis as well mm-hmm. doesn't mean to say that we get rich it's not about getting rich it's about helping people see their world differently absolutely it's about that so that's my current um uh, heartfelt driver Um, And I'll be starting a a fourth course of that in, um, actually, the back end of the year. So September, because I'm halfway through uh, a course with people at the moment. And I discovered last year that it was a real mistake to be halfway through one course and then start another course, because I got completely confused as to where I was with which group. But fortunately, everybody that's come on has been very patient. So that's great. But yeah the house healer training that's one thing but then there's all the sorts of different aspects depending on where people are with their spirituality and connecting to upstairs Uh, whether they just want to learn to douse then great dive into all the content on the youtube channel Um, if there's house healing that is required drop me a line Um, again at the moment i am incredibly busy doing this work and so part of the reason for the house healing training and the network of house healers is that actually there'll be a house healer in my trained network of people that can help virtually anybody and they'll be they'll be a good fit and that's part of what i'm doing now is basically uh introducing people to the to the people that i've trained so that they can have their houses done by one of the students well not students they're not students good god you know some of these people are far more um, experienced at being uh, living with their sensitivities than than I am, you know, great, lovely, fantastic. I'm learning a huge amount. So uh, basically, if people want to get in touch, and just drop over to the YouTube channel and go from there. On my website, via that, that's the best thing. But yeah, it's lovely. It's great that we've had a few people in there. It's good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. talking to you every time you come on, and I hope you come on again later this year and. Um, I just appreciate you so much and your energy and everything. Thank you so much for being on today.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely, 100%. It's been great. Thank you. You make it so easy. (laughs)
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you to everybody who's been watching. Don't forget to subscribe to the Knights Rose YouTube channel as well as the Buddhist Biohacker YouTube channel. Um, We are here to support you. And for everybody who is in the Ajatakasa community app, thank you so much for being in there. And if you haven't gone in there yet, um, just to let everybody know. Um, I did create our own social media platform. There is no algorithms. There's no tracing or tracking of your location. Um, There's no ads or spammy content. It is called Ajatakasa, and it is awesome. It's on iTunes and also Google play. And it's also on the web and all the information's been coming across the screen, this whole show, and it's a free community. It's free to sign up. It's free to join. And it's awesome. There's so much spiritual content in there and everybody's sharing so much about themselves. So thank you so much, Tim. And thank you to everybody who's been watching and Um, We will be back at one o'clock. I am actually, it's going to be streaming on Buddhist Biohacker, but here in one hour, I'll be back with Delisa, who is hosting a group of us mediums. We're actually going to look at um, JFK and Amelia Earhart and a few other um, mysteries. So that's what we're going to be doing this afternoon, which will be interesting considering we've been talking about transitions all day so far. So (laughs) thank you so much, everybody. And